Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing that you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Scrubbing in with Becca Tilly and Tanya Rapp, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everybody. We are scrubbing in and we are so excited because we did tease this Monday. But today we are joined by an award winning producer, New York Times bestselling author, author and motivational speaker. He has made a commitment to inspire people around the world through entertainment. And he has definitely been an inspiration for me for many, many years. I love this man. He is a force in media and has become a leading authority on inspiration, spiritual wellness, and personal development. Please help us give a warm welcome to... Wait, let's say please give a warm welcome back. Oh, good. Sorry, Mark. (laughs) Please help us give a warm welcome back to Devon Franklin! <laughs> Tanya is high energy as soon as Devon. I, I don't think he even knows what to do with her right now. <laughs> it's my sister right here. Yeah. I love her dearly. I really like you have done so much for me personally. And it's so wow. crazy because like we're not like best friends by any means. You know, like I never I yeah. see you very rarely, but your impact on my life has been so great. Wow. And so when 
I know you've been on the podcast before, but having you in studio is just yes. like a whole different feel because I just feel like I gained so much from you just by like listening to you and watching you. Mm, and so to have yeah. you here is very yeah. exciting for me. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm always excited to see you and just grateful for our connection. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, you, we talked to you last in 2021. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I feel yeah. like a lot has changed in your life. You're in a <laughs> different place altogether as we yeah. all are. That was during kind of like pandemic and yeah. a lot has right. happened since then. What's new? What's happening in your life right now? You know, I mean, it's just been so busy with, with work, mm -hmm. you know, producing, uh, you know, this new movie and uh, started acting. Um, which is brand new. I never even thought about acting ever. It was never a, I mean, I used to act in like middle school plays and high school plays, but I never thought like, oh yeah, I want to act in a movie or a TV series. And to now be doing that yeah. is, I mean, that's probably the newest thing, which, uh, you know, even now I'm like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just been a season of just, you know, navigating a lot of busyness and, mm -hmm. you know, working on trying to, you know, just not be overwhelmed, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. you know, everybody wants success, which is great. But at the same time, you know, success requires management. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not it's not like, oh, it's so easy. Like, no, most of the time, if you are successful on some level, you're working even harder. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so for me, it's just really been trying to, you know, stay in the moment, be present, enjoy and not just be so overwhelmed by all the things that are happening. What was it? What, where were you or what happened when you had a moment where you were like, I want to act now? I what didn't. Was it? Oh, I didn't. I, it, I, it, they, I was offered the role. Oh, yeah. The, the producers of. And the director of um, this movie called Jesus Revolution, uh, they came out earlier uh, this year. It was very Massive, successful. Massive, by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah, it huge. was a huge hit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the highest grossing inspirational film this year so far. Uh, and so they came to me and they said, hey, there's a, there's a part uh, that we want you to play of this reporter who works for Time Magazine. And at first I was going to say, well, I'm not an actor. Mm -hmm. That was my first instinct. But then I was like, well, let me read the script. So I read the script and I said, oh, I kind of like this part. It's a great story. The script's great. So I said, okay, and um, started working with an acting coach and really took it very seriously and uh, went to set and did what I, I was instructed to do, and it went well. And, uh, and I was like, oh, this is good. And people started seeing the movie saying, oh, wow, you look, you were great. Yeah. Like, it was, nobody even thought like, oh, I, I would have never known you never acted before. So it was just an opportunity presented to me, as have all the other acting opportunities mm -hmm. I've had so, uh, since then. Uh, and I have a couple projects that will come out into this year. So, But it is interesting because I think a lot of – time in life people will get offered things and you think oh no 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 like that's not me like yeah. that's not my box like this right. is my box and that's not my box and right. I think a lot of people don't have the courage to step out of that mm -hmm. and face something that mm -hmm. is new or scary right what got you through that because um, I feel like you do that a lot in your career like you are yeah. If I ask you what you are, you are an mm -hmm. author, mm -hmm. you are a motivational mm -hmm. speaker, you are a CEO, <laughs> you have a production company, you're a producer, you're yeah. an actor. I mean, like the I mean, there's more that I'm forgetting sure. too. Yeah, you know, I, I think it requires uh, a level of just ignorance. <laughs> you know, like I well, I'm not I'm not really aware of what I can't do, so let me stay ignorant to that, right? Uh -huh. Like, and then also, it's like, why would I create a label for myself that would limit myself? So if I'm like, oh, I'm just a producer, then that's cool. Like, mm -hmm. I do know how to produce. I'm a really good producer. But if I only wear that label, then that label can block other things that I am. I just don't know that I am. Mm -hmm. So I just try to live in the world of possibility. Like, oh, well, why not? You know, and the worst thing that happens is I do this movie and I fail. Mm -hmm. Right. 
all right, well, I didn't quit my day job, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I had the experience of doing it. And in that experience is growth. So no matter what, there's no way I could lose. So just living that way of like, you know, I don't want to be defined by anything I do. I want to, you know, continue to explore who I am, what's possible, you know, and that's the fun. I mean, mm -hmm. to learn that I have this other skill set that I didn't know I had and to now have opportunities to express it and explore it. That's what keeps me doing it. It's like, oh, before I became an author, I didn't know I could write. Mm -hmm. The opportunity was presented. You know, I said, oh, I wrote one book. And then, oh, I have another, I have an idea for this book and this book. And mm -hmm. now we're like six or seven books in. Which um, is so, that's like a whole other thing to be really proud of because oh, that you. is truly just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I think that it. fear of failure is what really stops people. And I feel like, but have you experienced failure in any way? Because well, I feel like everything you touch is. It, well, no, I mean, you know, look, I think we have to then evaluate what is our definition of failure, mm -hmm. right? Because failure traditionally indicates that the result that I wanted, I didn't get. So then the emotions around that usually reveal a level of attachment to a result that probably was unhealthy, Ooh. right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm feeling like I failed, okay, well, how did you fail? Well, you had a goal, you didn't hit it. Well, what did you learn? Oh, well, here's what I learned. How did you grow? Well, here's how I grew. Did you fail? So when I think of failure, you know, I look at it through the lens of, you know, have I had things that didn't go the way I wanted? Sure. But I'm glad that that happened. You know, not every movie I've worked on has been, you know, super successful. Not every book that I've written, you mm -hmm. know, has been a New York Times bestseller at all. But then I have to say, okay, if I'm creating a false definition of success, as well as a false definition of failure, then I'm always gonna be subject to those definitions. Yeah. Instead of allowing the result is what the result is. Like learning to be, I mean, passionate enough to be able to write it or produce it mm -hmm. or act in it, but detached from the result. Like, you know, whatever that does. How do great. you do that though? I think that's been- What's your quote that you always I say? I know, it's open to the possibility, not attached to the outcome. Yes. And I think that can make you live a very healthy, happy life. Yes. But I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I am attached to every single outcome. And actually it's funny you bring up the New York Times bestseller because when we put out the book, I was so attached to that outcome. And when it didn't happen, I felt like the book was a failure. And it was right. it like broke my heart because I was I spent so much time and effort and energy yes. in it. And it to me it felt like a failure. And that was really hard for me to mm -hmm. deal with. Like I couldn't wrap my head around it. So how do you yes. stay attached to the outcome? Yes. Um and, and I've been there before, right? <laughs> so anything I'm talking about is because I've been there. So I've been there when in terms of, you know, the books and you know, wanting the sales and wanting the list and then not happening multiple times. And to your point, feeling like, oh, I failed. And and what has helped me get out of that is there's probably not one place I go where someone doesn't come up to me and say, I have one of your books mm -hmm. and it helped me. And thank you for what you're doing. And, you know, I mean, and so then I say, okay, the New York Times list is an arbitrary list. It's cool, great, if we hit it, cool. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. But like, you could hit the New York Times bestsellers list for a variety of reasons and not touch anybody. Right. So is this about lives? Is this about changing lives mm -hmm. with the message that we've been given? Or is it about an arbitrary, you know, artificial system that's supposed to make us feel more accomplished than we are? 
Yeah. Right. A New York Times bestseller does not make the words any different. Right. It's the same words. It's the same book. Mm -hmm. It's the same process. Yeah. So again, like if it happens, cool, wonderful. But at the end of the day, it's about the shift of perspective. Yeah. It's about the people. Right. Like I wrote this book to change people's hearts and minds, to put something positive in the world. And I got to work on being, you know, detached and agnostic about how that happens. Because the more attached I am, then what happens is what you've experienced, what I've experienced, mm -hmm. negative emotion, mm -hmm. right? I did not hit the New York Times bestsellers mm -hmm. list. I am a failure on some level, or I'm not as successful as I thought. Where, who, who, who's the arbiter of that? Yeah. Who determines that? Mm -hmm. We do. So we create this false narrative in our own life. We judge ourselves by it. And then what's a perfectly amazing book becomes a book that's not so good. Yeah. It's, it's all here. Totally. It's all in our mind. It has nothing to do with reality. Anybody that picks up the book is going to get so much out of it. I know I got a lot out of it. You know, there's so much in the book that I think is, is life changing and perspective changing and shifting. So it's really about saying, okay, what are the things here that I can focus on that will keep me in a positive emotion and a positive mental state and let me work on releasing mm -hmm. anything that will not. Yeah. Right. So, and I'm not even saying the next book, sure. Work towards the, the list. No problem, but do it from a place of joy. Right. Do it from a place that this is exciting, you know, and great. And, and what I learned is, oh, these are the things that have to be done. And truth be told, most of the time hitting the list beyond uh, the type of press that is done for a book, a lot of it has to just do with the number of people that right. you're reaching. So <laughs> sure. if you're reaching a number of people, you know, in advance or timed right around release, you know, it gives you a better chance to that be, to be acknowledged. So it's like, okay, let me focus on the people. Mm -hmm. How can I get to people? How can I sell this message to people? And then let's see what's meant to be. And just like a seed, every seed's different. Yeah. Some books mm -hmm. are not meant to do that and other books will. So it's hard. I get it. I totally get it. And you're absolutely right. It's the work that I'm doing so that I don't take myself to a negative place mm -hmm. that I don't have to. say though that uh experience i remember um i faced one of my like i was fearing rejection asking mm -hmm. you to endorse the book like yeah. i was like i didn't want to ask you because they were talking about who do you want to endorse it and they were saying is there somebody in the book space that you really admire and like you were the first name that oh, came well, to mind but i was like we're not really like close friends so i'm scared i don't want to ask him like and just was scared you were going to say no or like oh, my ignore goodness, the message no. or whatever and then when you said yes i was like wow like why do i not do things that <laughs> yes. make me like a little bit nervous you know like i always yeah. do i stay very in my comfort zone i never mm. step out of it and that was something that like i stepped out of it for yes. and it really like paid off in such a beautiful way like it made me feel so good and supported wow. and like I don't know. So that was like a big That's moment cool. for me and that you were a part of. Yeah. And I know. I was like, honored I'm to honored. do it. I was like, <laughs> great, of course. Why not? Thanks yeah. for thinking of me. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah, it was no problem. And the book was great. And, you know, I was happy to support it in any way I could. And you're working on another book, too. I'm working on another book. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about um, it? Yeah, the, the book is called uh, One of One. And it's basically the true meaning behind being single. Uh, and I, it's ironic. Like, I didn't know what it meant to be single uh, until I became single again after divorce. Crazy. And then what I realized is that we're all single, no matter of your relationship status, because we're all individuals. Mm -hmm. And a couple is only as strong as the two singles that make up the couple. And so often we don't actually focus on who we are as an individual. 
and harness the power of that because we spend so much time looking for a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you, we get into a couple, but because we don't know how to be a good single, we don't know how to be one with ourselves. How can we be one with someone else? And then we overburden the relationship. <laughs> You're definitely <laughs> preaching to the choir over here. When's, because, when's this book coming out? Yeah, when, when is this coming out? I'm working on it now. It'll, it'll be out, I'm hoping, like in the first quarter of next year. That's my 2024? Yeah. Tanya and I are both like, yeah, yeah. Tell but us more. The, yeah, so, so Devon, tell us more. What, what have you learned in this new era, please? Oh, man. No, I've learned so much. No, because, I, I mean, you were married for, I was married for almost, almost a decade. Yeah, and yeah. so I feel like that, you know, we were talking about how when you you do become dependent on another person in a weird mm-hmm. way, it just naturally happens when sure. you're with somebody mm-hmm. for several years. Yes. And but you you can't lose yourself in that. And sometimes yes. it's sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's harder. And mm-hmm. I feel like is that what you learned after mm-hmm. your divorce? Well, in part, you know, in part, it's like, okay, you know, if I focus on it being being an individual, right? Well, what does it what does it mean for me to be an individual? You know, am I loving to myself? Do I care for myself? Do I keep space for myself? Do I give grace to myself? So what, in my experience, what happens is a lot of times we're waiting to be with someone to do those things. Oh my gosh. It's like, he's speaking, always speaking to me. (laughs) Keep going, keep going, keep going. So, So what happens is that when we don't become the number one generator of grace and space and love and happiness and joy for ourself, we then overburden the relationship to do something it's not designed to do. Because somebody, even if they don't, they can't articulate it. If you carry an energy in your relationship that you need this person to be your source of happiness, you need this person to be your source of joy, you need this person to be your source of recreation and entertainment, they are going to reject you subconsciously because all of us know that's not how we're set up. I'm not set up to be somebody else's source. Yeah. I'm not set up to be your, no, no, no. I can, I can make a contribution to your happiness, but I, I don't, don't expect me to make you happy every day. Cause I guarantee you there are going to be many days I'll make you sad. So this idea of being one of one, <laughs> you call her hilarious. <laughs> I know. Well, cause we're, I mean, we're, I think we're in a season of life that you're really speaking to right oh, now. Cool. So yeah. Cool. yeah. 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 Well, for me, it's like, okay, knowing that I'm one of one, Oh, great. Okay. That means I'm rare. It means I'm valuable. It means that uh, I'm not defined by who I'm with. I'm defined by the fact that I was born, that I'm in this earth and I'm doing, I'm a unique individual. And that's important because in a relationship, there's a tendency to give up that individuality. Yeah. And I believe that this is why so many relationships don't work. And this is why people are so happy, uh, unhappy is because they are not themselves. If this is the irony, you get with somebody, whether it's in a relationship or marriage, and they become the person you're less truthful with. You tell the people outside the relationship all the stuff that you wish you could tell your partner. That makes, that, that, that's like crazy. And then we wonder why relationships don't work because we are not being ourselves and we're not harnessing the power of what it means to be one of one, to be an individual, to have an individual way of thinking. And then I bring that to the relationship. A great relationship will enhance individuality. It won't cause individuality to be diminished. And that's something that I did not know before getting, you know, married. Mm-hmm. Like before I was married, I thought like, oh, similar to what everybody thinks. Oh, you know, you find love and then that's when life happens. And I did find love and life was great. But when I bought into the myth that the relationship or the marriage was going to make me happier yeah. than when I was uncoupled, 
that myth was very destructive because it wasn't true. And this is the bill of goods we sell everybody. Get into a relationship, find love, find marriage. It's the answer. Yeah, it's the fairy tale. It's the fairy tale. And we had people squandering the period of time when they're, they're uncoupled, looking for somebody, when really you should be looking for yourself. Who am I? What mm-hmm. do I want? What are my experiences? What do I like? What don't I like? So then when I'm in a relationship, what happens is if I know, if I have a stronger sense of self, right? Because every relationship can teach us more about ourselves. But let's say I have a strong sense of self and I have grace for myself and I have space for myself. I'm going to have space for my partner. I'm going to have grace for my partner. If I have a short temper with me, I'm going to have a short temper with them. If I don't really like me, I'm going to have a problem with them. I'm going to find fault with them, right? Anything that I'm pointing the finger at usually is a mirror for something I'm not feeling inside. Mm -hmm. So this idea of being one of one, it's like, okay, even if I'm in a relationship, I'm a single. Mm -hmm. What makes me a good single? What do I need to do in my life to be the best single I can be? And then how do I share that with someone instead of demanding? Because here's what happens. We demand that people perform. Oh my gosh, wow. In a relationship. You better do this, mm-hmm. right? Or, well, why does doing that matter so much? I'm not saying that you, you should negotiate in a relationship. What makes you all one? What makes the relationship work? Talk about it. Mm-hmm. But so often, because we're not doing the work on the inside, we're not figuring out what's going on in us, we point to the person as the problem. And the, and the, the danger there is you point to the person as a problem, you break up with that person, but the real problem never gets solved. Yeah. And the real problem was us. So then we take the same problem to the next relationship. Mm-hmm. We keep pointing the finger. This ain't right. You get out. Take the next problem to the same. You see how crazy it is? And yeah. then we have all this heartbreak that we didn't need to have. Right. Because it starts with like, okay, well, why is this issue a problem to begin with? Why am I attracting an unhealthy person to be continuously? Because there's something in me that's unhealthy that's not being addressed. Mm-hmm. So this is the, you know, again, I don't mean to go on a tangent here, but no, this is so what good, the new though. book is going to be yeah. about. One of one, you know, really knowing what it means to be single and finding the purpose and the power and the peace of it. Has there been struggle in that for you? I mean, being with someone for 10 years, I mean, that's yeah. such a... Yes. I know, like, you know, yeah. but your perspective now, like you have this really amazing perspective on it, yeah. but it's like, were you How ever... How long did it take to get <laughs> to, get to <laughs> that <laughs> listen, listen, let me tell you, pain is the greatest teacher. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? So pain is the greatest teacher. So I couldn't even begin to articulate or wrap my head around these concepts without going through deep pain. Mm-hmm. You know, not being married and, and you know, I mean, I want to say losing my wife, but you know, having a life transition and going through divorce is the most painful experience in life. And I, and I certainly would never prescribe it to anyone mm-hmm. uh, at all. Um, and so for me, instead of coming out of the divorce and the relationship and uh, pointing the finger, uh, I, I wanted to say, okay, well, what's, what was my part in this? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I need to know more about me? Mm-hmm. Uh, not from a judgmental standpoint, just from a like life, like, Hey, who am I? What did I learn? What, how did I get here? And so from that work and, you know, working with a therapist and working with life coaches and journaling and writing and reading the scripture and all of that, that's what started me to get clearer mm-hmm. on, you know, where I went wrong and how I could help others and use the pain that I've been through in a positive way mm-hmm. uh, to help others, you know, navigate relationships as, as I do too, you know, and, and it's not easy, right? Like, but I feel like it, it, it's for me, the idea that I could use something difficult that I've been through to help somebody else, it then gives it more purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it really was the pain of going through this 
and then doing it publicly. You know, that's that's a people people everybody wants a spotlight, but the spotlight that illuminates also burns. Mm-hmm. And Ooh, that's good. <laughs> that's so good. You Ooh, know, that is a quote. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. And so, you know, I, I I can't choose to go through it privately. Everybody in the world knows. So yeah. Yeah. that pain of that is what has produced uh, a lot of these thoughts and this clarity um, around. And also for me personally, it's like, you know, whenever I do get married again, you know, I, I can do it from, I think, a, a stronger emotional place. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a greater perspective yeah. on on what the marriage needs or the relationship needs and and what it doesn't mm-hmm. uh, and do my best to not overburden it uh, with things that it was never designed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, no one can heal us. We can yeah. only heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's such like a, a beautiful place to be into. I always find it so, um, uh, I don't know what the word is, but so off-putting when people go through a divorce and they are like, that person sucked and they sucked and I hate this person. It's like you were married to this person for so long and also like take accountability for, you know, it is, it's a relationship is two people. It's two people that cannot make a relationship work. It's not one person's fault. And so I think when you hear people come out of like a divorce and they're pointing the finger and bashing the Mm -hmm. other person, I find it to be so like you said, like, it's like, that's not you Mm -hmm. taking any accountability for it. It's it's such like a, it's nice to hear you say that from your perspective, my boyfriend Mm -hmm. was the same way he was divorced and he Mm -hmm. had that same perspective of, um, when he went through it, obviously every, everything's different and the circumstances were, I'm sure different, but it was like, what did I attribute? What did I learn from this? And how Mm -hmm. can I grow moving forward in my next relationship? And, and when I do get married to not allow that to happen again, yes. 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 And I, you know, I mean, I, I hope that we take that, you know, I hope that we take the time to do some introspection and do some thinking of like, okay, well, what can I do to do better? You know, what can I learn from this? Because the pointing the finger, it's an easy, it's easy. Mm -hmm. Placing blame is, it's a very, it's, it's low hanging fruit. Yeah. Um, but to, to look inwardly that requires courage and, uh, but that's where the answers always are. Yeah. Wow. I wanted to talk I'm to you so about, excited about this book. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, know, I do want to say everybody listening, if you have not read any of Devon's books, they are all so fantastic. And I always learn something and grow from every single one of them. So mm, I'm really you. excited for the new one. Thank and, you. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the weight because I knew that was a big, um, that one was huge for yeah. me. Yes. Yeah. Life changing. Yeah. Do your views on celibacy that was you You with your um, ex, correct? Yes, correct. And how long were y'all dating where you chose uh, We celibacy? dated for almost a year. Okay. Yeah. And that was the choice that y'all made yeah. to wait. Mm-hmm. Do you still have the same views on celibacy? You know, I believe that that book in celibacy is absolutely a valuable tool, mm-hmm. um, without a doubt. Uh, what I learned from, and also when you go back and look at the book, the idea behind delayed gratification, it's like, man. If we can get that, like, (laughs) I think life would be so much better. Here's what I've learned. The error of my ways in that regard was bringing the public into my sex life. So going forward, I said, you know, y'all got my sex life. Hey, you read about it. This new chapter, Devon, I ain't talking about it. Because the same way you can't invite the public in when you want them and keep them out when you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so she you know, went, no, Becca went through the same I exact went, thing. I right? went on the bachelor and I was a virgin at the time. Mm. And, and that so, was like her big thing. It was like oh, Becca wow. the virgin. But, but I didn't, my plan wasn't to talk about being a virgin, but yeah. I said it in like 
without remembering that I had a mic yeah. and seven cameras on me. You know, like I said it in a very like trying to comfort a friend. Like sure. she was a virgin. I was like, oh, me too. And then I was like, oh my gosh, my whole storyline on the show has changed, right? Wow. And so I had this, you know, it's kind of this thing where I was like, okay, this is something I'm very proud of. I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want anyone who's watching who's also a virgin or choosing to wait to feel shame. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't my plan to have that part of my life so right. public. And so then it was like people felt comfortable coming up to me and being like, to my face, like, are you still a virgin? And so it's there like, was, excuse me. And so then, <laughs> it's when, like, who, who are you to ask me that? I mean, what are you? Yeah. How was, is that any it, of your business? But it was the same thing. It's like it gave people this idea that they had the right to know yeah. this information about me. Yeah. So when I lost my virginity, I felt this enormous weight mm. of like, I've let everyone down. Mm. You know, it was this like weird thing that it, I no, felt it was like, like so sad because it was that mm. was her first reaction after she was like, oh, I no. let her. She called. I remember you called me and you were like. <laughs> everyone's going to be so let down. And I was like, why are you thinking about that right now? That is a big right. life moment for you. Right. And like, she could, that's yeah. all she could think about. It was the same thing. So I was curious if, if yeah, that makes perfect sense that you're like, wow, I, I let everyone in. And then I yeah. wanted to be like, you don't deserve that. Like yeah, you don't deserve yeah. to know that you about know, me. And, and it was, you know, it was well-meaning, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, and again, the book is great. There's no, there, I love the book, you yeah. know, and, Love everything that we put into that book and, you know, think that message is powerful and that the message works. But in terms of like, you know, how I navigate, you know, these areas, it's like, yo, I got to learn the lesson that I, I this is I got to keep it to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I will tell you, just as somebody that read the book and was in a season of life where I was in this perpetual pattern of pain yeah. because I was giving my body before I was getting the um the the relationship or yes. the attachment that yes. I that I wanted, um, the book really was good for me as somebody to learn these tools and realize like obviously what I'm doing is hurting is like mm -hmm. hurting me so I need to do something different mm -hmm. and when I pivoted that my dating life completely shifted mm -hmm. and it was like I put that as kind of like a no like I'm not doing this until I'm in a committed serious relationship and it really changed the dating game for me in yes. such a big way like I wasn't crying all the time like I was wow. I'd be bombed if things didn't work out but I wasn't in mm -hmm. this like perpetual pattern of pain so I think yeah. the book is really amazing for you know people going through different seasons of life mm -hmm. and can Absolutely. can relate it in different ways I agree and it's I it's interesting because even as you articulate it you know, that what you just said goes directly to one of one. Mm -hmm. So when I know my value and I know my worth, then I make different decisions. Yeah. So what you're saying is like, look, sex was ultimately at some point getting in the way of my decision making process. Right. And I had to say, I'm going to wait for sex until I feel the value that I need to feel from the person that I'm going to ultimately share that with. Yeah. And until I feel that value, I'm waiting. Yeah. And I'm not going to do it. That's what it means to be one of one. It means to know your value, know your worth, and make decisions based on that. I'm really looking forward to that. I know, I'm so looking forward to <laughs> it. Book release. You know what um, else I'm looking forward yeah, to? Just about yes. To. Should we take a break? Oh, let's take a break. Okay. I'll come right back. <laughs> We are back. Did you want to take the lead? I wanted to take the lead because I know that this <laughs> yeah. this movie that is coming out yes. very shortly 
This has been in the works for seven years, Flamin' mm-hmm. Hot. And I want to know, so you produced it. Yes, I did. Yes, yes. How, because I, I watched the trailer. I haven't seen the movie yet. Uh-huh. It's not out yet. Right. Um, why was this something that you really wanted to make? And talk about why movies like take so long. Like, how did it take seven years to make this movie? Yeah, you know, this is a movie that from the moment that I heard the story, I was like, I've got to make this movie. <laughs> uh, I had a mutual friend introduce me to Richard Montañez. And uh, the Flamin' Hot movie is based upon Richard's story. And he came in and uh, with his wife, Judy, and I said, just tell me your story. And so we sat there in my production office and, you know, met for about an hour or so. And he walked me through his story. And by the end of that meeting, I just said, I got to do it. I said, yes, I'll get Yes, I'll make your story into a movie if you would give me the opportunity. And he said, yes. And I didn't have a studio at that point in time. I didn't know I'd have a writer. I didn't even know that, you know, if it was going to happen, but I just felt compelled. I said, wow, this story is too unique. It's too inspiring. It's too motivational uh, for me to say no. So I gave him a yes in that meeting and, um, you know, began the process of getting the movie made and movies, you know, tend to, they're, it's not like music. You know, you can go into the studio and in 10 minutes have a song. Mm-hmm. Whereas with movies, you know, it's, it's labor intensive to tell these stories and in, in a mo from a motion picture standpoint and all that goes into production and casting and locations and mm-hmm. script development. I mean, there's just a lot, a lot more factors to create a high quality movie um, and a lot more people that have to be involved. So that's part of the reason why it takes so long. And so in the case of flame and hot, I found a writer, we developed the pitch, we sold the pitch, and then we worked on it for probably two years, that script. And then we were able to go out to directors, uh, and that's where I met Eva Longoria, and she came in to pitch herself as the director. And uh, I liked what she had to say and thought that she was the director, and then hired her to direct. We hired a new writer to do the rewrite, and then that took another two years and, and some change. And then in while that was all happening, COVID hit. Oh my God. Right. You know, right. So all of these Slowed things, everything down. Right. Oh my goodness. All these things were really, really uh, challenging. And going back, like once I met Richard, meeting Richard, getting a writer on board and developing the pitch took time too. You know, we had to spend some hours figuring out like, you know, I mean, not, not even hours, months figuring out what's the movie story here. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I know your life story, but how do I create a movie out of that? So all of these factors contribute to why it takes so long for a movie to get made. But I'm grateful that, um, you know, I gave Richard my word and I was, was successful in getting his movie made. And now it's about to come to the world and it's on Disney Plus and Hulu. And, you know, and that's and it's amazing that this is the first movie in the history of Disney that this is that's going out on both uh, streaming platforms. Yeah, I was going to say because that so merger cool. just happened, right? Yes. Yep, yeah. Yep. It just uh, happened a little while ago. So it's amazing. You know, they uh, saw the movie and thought that this was a perfect film for both uh, platforms. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I think it's such a testament to be able to keep your word on something. Yes. I mean, that's a long time in this industry Ooh. to hold something yeah. and, and be able to produce, like have something to be like, I told you I know seven years ago. <laughs> I know. I mean, you know, but I, I take that seriously. Yeah. I really take it seriously. For me, it's a movie, but for them, it's their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I take it seriously and I really wanted to get this done because uh, I think the story, I mean, he was started as a janitor. That's what's working so at Frito-Lay crazy. And, you know, cleaning the plant mm-hmm. uh, in Rancho Cucamonga. And the plant was losing jobs and he wanted to save jobs. And he just felt like the company was not appealing to his community because um, he is this, he is the son of a Mexican immigrant. And he's like, you know, the, the, the company's not appealing to 
the Mexican-American community because there's no spicy product. And he was like, look, you know, I, I want to take this spicy product and market it to my community because I think it's going to work. And they gave him the opportunity to do that. And what we now know as the success of Flamin' Hot Cheetos came to be, and not just Cheetos, but Doritos and the whole Flamin' yeah. Hot brand. Yeah. And uh, that catapulted him from being, you know, the janitor to becoming one of the top executives at the company. And that is just a powerful American story that I was, I said, we got to make this movie. Yeah. We got to make the movie. How, how do you do that? Kind of remind me of Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Which uh, I had the pleasure of working on as an executive when I was uh, working for Sony. So this is the first movie I've, I've been trying to redo Pursuit of Happiness forever. And this is the first movie that I have found where I, I think we, we got close. I do think that there's something in these stories that, that are very inspirational and motivational in the sense that you don't have to, like, I think that there's this misconception of like, you have to, you know, go to the best schools and you have to go to the best things to get into the best jobs and be in front of the best companies. And it's like, he was a janitor at this place. Yes. He didn't even have a seat at the table mm -hmm. and he like made a seat for himself, you know? And I obviously, I don't know how the story unfolds because I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, yeah. but um, <laughs> there is so much power in that because I think that a lot of time we can feel really helpless where we are. Mm -hmm. And if you have the passion, you have the drive and you believe in yourself, you really can get there. Oh yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, anybody watching this movie can take something away for their own life in terms of perseverance and tenacity. And, and also Richard didn't set out to create um, a billion dollar brand. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't set out to create, you know, what we now know as flaming hot. That wasn't his goal. His goal was to create jobs. Mm -hmm. save jobs. You know, the plant workers, the people I'm working next to, they're losing their jobs. Families are suffering. I want to do something about that. That's service. Mm -hmm. And I think so often, you know, especially, you know, in LA, there's just this um, addiction to dream chasing, you know, versus like, okay, yeah, I have a dream, but how can I be of service? Mm -hmm. How can I help somebody? So true. You know, along the way, how can I do that? Because at the end of the day, I, most people that end up changing this world are not setting out to change the world. They're just setting out to help somebody. Mm -hmm. So true. And I think this movie really shows the power of that. Yeah, it's like looking at the bigger picture outside of yourself. Yes. Always. Absolutely. Which is hard sometimes. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's focused. hard. But like if Richard was trying to go out there and create Flaming Hot Cheetos and Billion Dollar Brand, we wouldn't be talking about him right now. So true. But his heart was, I want to save jobs. Yeah. I want to, I want to give back to the place that's given so much to me. It's just so counterculture to what it is now. I know. You know what I mean? I know. I like know. Like it's so opposite of what, what the society is that we're living in. I know. I know. And, but that's why I think, you know, I've screened this film, um, you know, with audiences all around the country already. And, uh, people, I mean, of all races, ages, um, you know, genders, I mean, they are loving this movie. I think because they do relate to it. Like because the, the, the culture is so counterculture at this mm -hmm. moment that this mm -hmm. movie is cutting through and resonating with people in a way that uh, is really gratifying and surprising. Uh, and I'm excited to see how it does once it's, once it debuts on Hulu and Disney plus. I'm so excited to see it. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited to see yeah. it too. June 9th, which it'll be the day after this podcast airs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So if you're listening to this, you could probably watch it at this, at this yeah. point. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yes. Stream it right now. Get a bag of flaming hot Cheetos and <laughs> watch the movie. Honestly, that sounds ideal. <laughs> um, but I feel like you do that too. You know, you have so much going on. I don't, I don't even want to know what your calendar looks like in a day, yeah. like truly. Um, but I feel like you, you still go and you still preach at churches and yeah, you still make time yesterday. to, yeah, to do all that. And I 
I think that is also a testament to, to who you are too, because mm. I think you can be doing the same thing. Like how can I build my dream and chase my dream and do this? But you also have this aspect of you that really wants to serve and give back yeah. to other people. Amen. Yeah, no, it's important. It's important. I mean, I, I wouldn't be here if that wasn't the case, you know, it's really about that. Yeah. Going back to, you know, even the conversation about the book and not, you know, making the list, you know, okay. But you touch lives. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you improve people's point of view and perspective. Yeah. We heard from so many mothers and daughters that were doing the devotional together, yeah. which was really, really, really Come cool on. and special, which is why we did it. You know, it was yeah. like, yeah. 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 And it's just, you know, it's like at the end of the movie, Richard has a line about not letting anyone, you know, steal his story, you know, and taking ownership of it. And, uh, and I resonate with that. Like, you know, let's not let these arbitrary things like a list steal our story. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's a great story. We've got a book made. Yeah. Hey, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Like you're an author, you're eternal. Yeah. When I first became an author, my buddy was like, who's, who was an author? He said, now you're eternal. He's like, your, your words will be around forever. That's so that's, cool. I never yeah. thought of that's it like a, that. Really cool perspective. Yes. That is a really cool perspective. Wow. Yes. yes. What actually, you know, because you do have so many things going on, what do you want your story to be? Like, where does Devon mm. go from here? Yeah, you know, um, man, what Captain Kirk said, boldly go where no man has gone before. So, you know, I'm trying to just uh, live in the fullness of my gifts. And, and uh, you know, I love entertainment. So, you know, continuing to act and produce and write books and maybe direct one day and continue to preach. And, you know, just just continue to be me and do all that I'm gifted to do and keep challenging myself. You know, take it to the next level. See what can happen. Um, with the, still the same goal of, you know, uplifting people along the way and providing information, inspiration, hope, and help. Those are things that no matter what I do, I'm passionate about those things. Uh, but what it's all going to look like, I, I truly have no idea. Do you take time for yourself? Oh yeah. yeah oh really? For sure. Have to take time. I, mean, I, I feel God. like you're like a, like a, <laughs> no, no, no. what's the energizer bunny? You just no, keep going. No, I know I do, but I, you know, I do it because I have a very, you know, strong regimen. You know, I work out in the mornings. I have supplements and things that I take. I take off the Sabbath. So Friday night, sundown to Saturday night, sundown. I don't work, turn off my email, don't check social media, you know? So I do have a lot of, you know, things in place to help me stay where I need to stay mentally, emotionally, and physically. Yeah. I think that I was going to ask that too. Like, what do you do to come back when you're giving so much to people? So yeah. I think it's, I think sometimes our society and structure is like you grind, 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 and don't take any time for yourself. So <sighs> you have to, yeah. You have to. I mean, I don't even like that a concept of grinding. Like that's what I'm saying. You know, like if you yeah. grind your teeth, it's a problem. Yeah, you know, right? you're like, whittling like, them well, down. Yeah, yeah. you're whittling them down. Yeah. You know? yeah, like you go to different countries and they have like scheduled nap times yes. in the middle. I'm like, we're yes. not doing it right over here. I don't no. know. <laughs> so true. So no, yeah. yeah, I I definitely you know I'm busy and yeah. I have seasons you know like this when I'm out promoting the film, which are busier than than usual. But uh, you know, I still try to find the time. Yeah. To, you know. You know, and, and also even through all this, staying in therapy, staying mm -hmm. in life coaching, you know, still taking time to journal and read and pray. All those things are, are essential no mm -hmm. matter how busy I get. Yeah. Yeah. But they're easy to yeah. not put in the schedule. They're easy. It's easy. Yeah. But like, no, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to find an hour for my therapy session. I'm going to yeah. find an hour for my life coaching. Like, yeah. We'll figure it out. But those are the things that help. Yeah. Because having an outlet to express and explore what's going on inside of me consistently, I've learned that that's really helpful to manage yeah. all that's, uh, that, I'm, that I'm tasked with doing. Yeah, I think when you find the importance in those things like therapy and stuff, you, you're like, I will 
make time where I need to make time oh, because yeah. it makes the biggest difference of it does how I'm able to give to other people. Do you work out seven days a week? <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, important question. Well, <laughs> six days a week. Uh, yeah, it just depends. I mean, you know, I, I I'll take a I'll like today. I didn't. I've worked out this morning. I'll probably work out tonight. But I, I try to do some movement every day uh-huh. as best I can. You know, so I I will go between like rumble boxing and. Uh, hot yoga and uh, the studio climber class here in LA. You oh, the know. one with like the things. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. The what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll do that. Um, then I'll like sometimes jump rope at the house or work out with this axe that's called like Chop Fit, which you know is pretty cool. Whoa! Yeah, so, <laughs> you know the TikToker yeah. that's always like chopping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just mix it up. You yeah, know? but I try to do some movement every day every day because it just first of all just helps me mentally yeah like if i usually don't work out in the morning i feel a little groggy yeah but if even if i just do 15 minutes of jump rope i'm like okay um, my blood's flowing. That's a long time to jump rope. <laughs> let me tell you, I can barely do three minutes oh, of jump rope. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I got a playlist and I, you know, I set the clock to 15 minutes and you know, wow. just go after it. Yeah, man, wow. you're just, oh, you really are always inspiring me, motivating oh, me. You are somebody that I really, really look up to and admire oh, in many you. ways. So just always rooting for you and you. all your Likewise. projects. I really, I hope Flame and Hot goes to number one yes. and stream On streaming services uh, yes. yeah, yeah just all over the place Ooh. and that they you make another i don't even whatever you wanted i hope everything that you do turns out successful because thank you. i really i believe in what you're doing thank you so much i really appreciate it. i believe in what both of you all are doing <laughs> grateful always for the time to be able to talk and you know connect yeah thank you for coming and scrubbing in yeah. in studio in studio and please when the when one of one yes. comes out please come back because we could do a <laughs> you know whole I will. yeah we could oh, do a whole, yes. whole series on that one <laughs> a whole series on that one yeah thank Good you love. so much you're welcome thank you all <laughs> Presented by 21 Seeds. Hey, you know how we're always trying to keep our girls' nights exciting with new cocktails? Uh, yeah. Well, here's something that's going to flip the 21 Seeds infused tequila. Wait, you already know? Of course. 21 Seeds is an award-winning tequila infused with juice from real fruit. Yeah, so you only need two or three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. But did you know that 21 Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend? Sounds like there's a good story behind that for sure. So listen, if you love tequila, you have to try 21 seeds infused tequila enjoy responsibly 21 seeds diageo new york new york want to know where all the spring savings are this year ross you'll find huge deals on all of the latest spring trends yes at ross you'll find brand names for 20 to 60 percent off department store prices you're definitely finding your next favorite outfit we're talking about savings on your favorite shirts and tops. And it's spring, so you know Ross has savings on sundresses. And don't forget the sandals. From slides to wedges, find brand name sandals for less. Ross always has those for the low. And there's always a reason for a new purse at this price. Deals on handbags? Yeah. Hold my purse. Seriously, just visit your nearest Ross and see for yourself. Believe me, your wallet will thank you. So what are you waiting for? Say yes for less at Ross. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps get them through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use and more affordable than in-person therapy. 
Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.